As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. It's the pajama sode. It's pajama time. Pajama time. Yeah, wait. Do you say pajama, pajama, or PJs? Pajamas and PJs, but I think PJs was more common. Mm. Also, I think my parents were like pajamas. I remember being told, go put on your pajamas. Pajama Sam. Pajamas. Oh, I freaking love that game. I, so good. okay, this is a strange thing that I didn't know was strange because it was something that I did my entire childhood. So, mm-hmm. Growing up, when we got ready for the day, when we took our pajamas off, we would fold our pajamas and put them under our pillow. I still, to this day, do that. <laughs> Who started that? I think my mom just had us do that. I don't know. It, it was normal to me. That was just what we did. Because then you would put them on the next yeah, night? Yeah, like, why put them away? You're going to put them on the next night. Like, we still made our bed. It's just they were tucked right, like, nicely under our pillow. Then you put them on. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, that makes sense to put them underneath your pillow because you want your bed to look mm-hmm. nice. And like put to, if you're making your bed, you don't want your pajamas to just be crumpled up in a ball at the end of the bed. Right. They're folded so under the pillow. That makes total sense. I love that that's still something that you carry with you. It's when you have <laughs> children, you should have your kids oh, do that. Oh, absolutely. like that's a new tradition of your family. Yes, absolutely. I like did it in college. I've, d- I've truly have done it since childhood. <laughs> You also don't sleep with a pillow uh, under you. Yeah, not, your not head. quite. I, I, well, we have, I have a pancake and that one I sometimes sleep with under my head, or I just snuggle it like a big old. Mm-hmm. I do. I've been doing a, and also, is my lighting super weird? No, you look tan and I'm jealous. I'm like, how do I? The, oh, I just wiped my tan off. Did <laughs> yes. you see that? <laughs> uh, I was like, I'm looking pretty red and I know I'm not this tan. Um, no, I just hadn't focused on video. 
I've been doing this thing where I feel like sometimes the pillow hurts me to be, unless I'm sleeping on my side, mm. if I'm sleeping on my back, which I sleep often on my back, kind of hurts me to have any pillow mm. underneath my head. But I also need some sort of structure. So I've been taking my my throw blanket and rolling it up like it's a um, log, <laughs> I guess. Like it basically looks like a, a pool. Yeah floaty what are those things called like the noodle it looks like a pool noodle and i put it underneath my neck so i've got this log holding my neck and then i wrap it like turban around my head so that my head doesn't twist too much to one side or the other okay that's fascinating it's an ordeal but (laughs) as long if it helps you then great it does also i like doing that i don't do it every night do you want to introduce our podcast Mm, this is two girls one ghost two girls one ghost and we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. I'm Sabrina. We actually followed through with something we had said many weeks ago and we forgot. And then we said it again. And now we're doing it. Yeah. Which is a themed episode where we dress a certain way. So Corinne and I are wearing our pajamas. We're in PJs. We're in our PJs because yes, we are. what better way to tell ghost stories than in your jammies, on your couch, comfy, cozy, spooky, ooky. Yeah. And so I feel like this is a good opportunity to encourage everybody else. If if you're listening from work or out on a walk, you keep keep doing what you're doing. Yes. But if you're at home, I don't know, maybe take a little yeah. pause right now and go get some comfortable clothes on if you happen to not be wearing your sweats already yeah. or your PJs. <laughs> and uh, make yourself some coffee, yeah. some tea, mm-hmm. relax. Grab your cat, snuggle, grab your pets, whatever. Your yeah. gerbil, your hamster, your Close pet, your eyes. Your lizards. Look out a window or something. Look away from your screen for oh, a few moments. Take some me time. Me too. I'm going to look outside my screen. Sorry, Corinne. I love you, but I'm going to look. What if we just recorded? Actually, when you and I were first like, oh, we're going to start our YouTube. Like, let's start actually video recording. We'd attempted with our backgrounds that we use most yeah. frequently with the gallery wall. We consciously made it so that it would hopefully look like we were a little bit in the same room together. And we tested out positions where we were trying to make it look like we were actually seated and looking at yeah. each other. And it didn't – it looked wild. Well, we the looked- weirdest part is that we weren't actually looking at each other because we were looking away from our screen. So, like, I would just be looking at a doorway – Whereas that's, yeah, that's not connected. But we talked about like putting our phones over that way. And so we just like tested like, okay, if our phones were over there where we could see each other over here. The amount of technology. But we're being recorded yeah, from here. we would have needed to use. It was too it difficult. Was far too difficult. But here we are. I also highly. In our PJs. Yes. So successful it launch to our YouTube. And. <laughs> We'll t- we'll do more themes. So I think in like a previous episode, we said put your suggestions for themes. But here, again, put your suggestions for themes of what you would like us to wear. Maybe Corinne will do an overall. What do you want us to wear? Overalls day. Oh, well, I've got four pairs, so I'm ready We with should you. also do like haunted makeup day where we plan like a day to do our makeup. And I'll wear my vampire Attempt thing. to do our makeup at the same time? Oh, I'm down. That's fun. I have... I'll do my old Greg makeup. I love I that. I still have all of the stuff. I love that. Um, I really, the other day I was looking at like, what would my Halloween costume be for this year? And I was looking at the mask makeup and I was like, that would be really fun to do. Mask The makeup? mask. The Jim Carrey. The mask. Oh, Jim yeah. Carrey. Yeah. Oh, you could get some like little prosthetics. To the do cheeks. Your, your cheeks up. Some pointy, mm-hmm. pointy parts. Pointy parts. Uh, <laughs> Bing. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Not only are we themed in our outfits, we are also themed in our episode encounters theme topic. What mm-hmm. words? Corinne, I think Hello. you – or we had this previously in an episode that we wanted to do. It was the goodwill. We were like goodwill or premonitions, which are two very different things. Mm. So – Yes. And then you did goodwill as in – The store. The company. Yeah. Goodwill. And, and I did, did goodwill as in – Spirits who yes. do goodwill. That's still so funny. That was confusing. It was. It was confusing. It was. But this week is premonitions. And mm-hmm. we have stories from our listeners, which I actually kind of love that we're wearing our pajamas for this because I think premonitions sometimes happen while people are sleeping. So it's very mm-hmm. apropos. Yes, I do agree. Do you want to go first? Okay. I'm going to give a warning, a little trigger warning, content warning okay. for people that both of mine have to do with death that involves like crime and murder oh. and things like that. Okay. So I got us all comfortable in pajamas only to 
upset us all. Oh, okay. 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 Alrighty. This is from Hannah, pronouns she, her. I'm just going to jump in to my writing and write this. Sadly, my uncle was one of the concert goers killed in the 2017 Las Vegas <gasps> shooting. Oh, no. He wasn't related by blood. He was one of my dad's best mm. friends since I was a toddler. We all mourned, but my dad, of course, struggled the most, and he actually flew to Vegas for the anniversaries before COVID. Leading up to the two-year anniversary, my dad was looking through old photos just to reminisce, and he came across this photo of my uncle and aunt, his wife, outside at some party. There are many photos from that night, but this one stood out. In this photo, my uncle is a ghost. He is translucent, and you can see the car through the faded figure. My aunt looks completely normal in the photo, and no other photos from the night have this effect. You could say it's because he's walking, but it doesn't look like the typical motion blur. We have lots of printed photos from the 2000s and have absolutely no others with a person looking like this. The photo is from about 10 years before he passed, and my dad believes that it was an early sign that he wasn't meant to be on this earth for long. Oh my gosh. I will attach a picture of the picture for you ladies to conspire yourselves, and for privacy's sake, we're not going to show the photo. But we'll describe it to you after, even more. While this is a sad story, as he passed at only 40 years old, I try to take something positive out of everything. I am lucky that I have not had much death in my life, so I think of him as one of my guardian angels. He is up there watching over me along with my fur baby, Max, and an angel baby that I lost in 2019. Personally, I haven't experienced anything that I would define as paranormal, but I have had odd occurrences that I can't explain. I have this weird thing with electronics and mostly time. I often wake up just minutes before my alarm, even when my job started at various times. Also, several nights a week, I wake up at the exact time that my boyfriend gets up for work. I should mention that we don't live together. Mm. It's annoying because he starts at the butt crack of dawn, (laughs) but I also (laughs) love it because it affirms my belief that we're soulmates. Oh, and I experienced this thing called street light phenomenon, which I might email you about later if it seems like something interesting enough. Okay, yes, Yes, we love that. We talked about this. Early days. Early days. The first or second year of our podcast, right? Anyways, I want to congratulate you ladies for replacing Nicki Minaj on my commute to university. Seriously, you seem so fun and genuine. Thank you for giving us a space to swap old horror stories. Stay spooky and see you on the other side. This was from Hannah. Okay, I'm looking at the photo, which again, the photo we can't share for privacy reasons, but oh my gosh. And just to like also explain that this is not like an altered photo in any way, the way that Hannah sent it, she's holding, it's a picture of her hand holding the photo. Yes. It's the printed out photo and she's holding the actual printed four by six. And you can fully see the car through him. And it's mostly his upper torso. Like his legs from like the knee down are pretty solid looking. His legs are solid. His face is solid, but his whole torso is completely see-through. Yeah. And what's confusing is there's a lot of motion happening in this photo. So there's four people gathered at the front door exiting the house or saying goodbye to each other. And they're a little bit blurry, blurry, but like the normal motion blurry, you know, where it's just like a little more grainy. And then there's some movement with his wife waving in the photo. And yet she's not blurry at all. She's not blurry at all. And then he's walking, but very calmly. Like he's, he's almost still. And so even if this were in motion and everybody else were being blurred from the motion, The blurring that's happening here is not a motion blur. It is crisp. You see the wrinkles in his suit jacket. That's, you see yeah. the buttons. You see everything. It's just transparent. That's what's – okay. So usually when someone's blurred, it's like you can tell – you can see like ripples of their arm or whatever part was moving. Like you see multiple like blurry versions of it. They'll be – yeah. Or there'll be like a trail right. of light or something where you can tell that they were had just been there. His is not like that. Even his head though, you can kind of see no. the – the outline of the window of the car behind him. It's truly, it literally looks like someone opened Photoshop, which obviously it's not Photoshop because it's not. Um, but it literally looks like if you were like learning Photoshop or something and you just took a section of someone's torso and did like a transparent yeah. like see-through tool over it, like brushstroke. That's wild. Wow. It is. Wow. And it really is. Like you can see, yeah. So like if you look underneath the truck, you see the shadow of the truck like against the cement where the light from outside isn't shining and you can literally see that shadow continue through him. 
Oof. He's transparent. Half of his body is transparent, but yet so crisp and clear. Wow, Hannah, I'm really sorry. <sighs> oh my gosh. I we mean, lost. yes, we're so sorry. That was a very traumatic yeah. event and death. And it's so many amazing people who were so undeserving of what happened yeah. to them. Oh, so tragic. We're lost that day. Devastating. But I do think it's interesting, this story and finding this photo years later, that this was a sort of premonition of sorts. Yeah. Like it was it was like the universe saying, you know, sometimes people aren't meant to be here forever. Yeah. And I feel like this does occur sometimes where like, especially when you look back at photos where like one person's face will be blurry. And that's the one person who passes away from a group of friends. You know, there's small indications. I mean, it reminds me of the story we read or you read um, from our listeners in Encounters 168, where he and this woman had like fallen in love and she made a comment of like, if I died tomorrow, I would be fine because you've been in my life and she had a brain aneurysm that day. Um, Right. It is this like, it's all those things that people don't realize they're saying or experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. but it's left behind for everyone else who's mourning so them sad. to feel like it is a sign. Yes. Which, again, let's talk about Hannah's experiences. So the streetlight phenomenon, waking up at certain times, seeing numbers on the clock certain times, you know, like that sort of thing. I feel like that could be him. I'm curious if that's something exactly, right? Because also like the getting up for work, like it makes me think of my dog, Wrinkles. He would, he was so used to me and my brother having to wake up for school at the same time every day that he would come into the room. And so if we had a snow day or something and the normal series of events would happen with my dad leaving for work, my mom like getting up, making the coffee, whatever, he would get really confused and he'd come into my room and wake me up at the same exact time. So I never got to sleep in. And after wrinkles passed, there were a few times where I felt him come into my room. I could hear him and I felt his presence on the side of my bed come in and wake me up at that Wrinkles. time. And so it makes me, you know, it's just like one of those things where someone who cares about you so much, someone who is such a good friend, someone who you basically, you call an uncle. Yeah. Could be like, it's time to get up for work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a loving, nurturing thing. I agree. I think so too. Okay. I have a story from a listener who would like to keep their name anonymous, but pronouns are she, her. Uh, trigger warning, there is some abuse in this story, and it is called Premonition, Death, Traveling Souls. I officially met Jay when I was a freshman in high school. I grew up in Florida, but due to the nature of this story and to keep identities private, I will not say where specifically. The person I am speaking of is local legend. Me and Jay lived in different areas of our city, but we went to the same school and were close enough by boat or bikes or even by moped before cars. Think Outer Banks lifestyle, only no rich people, lol. Uh, we all ran in the well, same crew. Still super, sounds super yes, fun. Yes, Free range kids. And I did find myself weaving my way into the group regularly. My friends dating the different boys, but I was just faithful in remaining a friend, even though I was fond of Jay. So we had our teenage wild nights and even tried our hand a few times to see if we could be more. But really, our entire relationship was more. We were confidants. We liked one another at different times, but never the same time. And oftentimes, one of us was frustrated with that timeline never matching up. I watched Jay fly through the ladies while I sat on the sidelines. I didn't want to be just another notch, but we were close. Many late nights sneaking out, sneaking alcohol, lots of sunsets over the water while sitting on the dock, talking about life and our plans and how we could just picture ourselves living next door to one another's nursing home rooms, screaming our names through the walls just to piss the other off. (laughs) We were lifers. He was one of my best friends. When I left Florida to move across the country, I saw him last. It was my final goodbye. He made me promise to come back, and I told him I would. Then I met someone, and I got pregnant, and I was really embarrassed to talk to people back at home because I was a teen mom at the time. And I just stayed in my bubble. At the time, the only real social media was MySpace or Facebook, so it was easy to live life and avoid people. And I did. At some point after I had my baby, I reconnected with Jay. He was so proud of me. We talked weekly just like we did before, and I missed my best friend. At the time, my current relationship was not healthy. I felt trapped and alone, and I remember I had to hide all my conversations or my ex, or now ex, would get really aggressive and take my phone. He was really controlling. Mm -hmm. 
One night I woke up from an awful dream and in my dream, I remember just feeling upset. It was so real. And I knew in my dream that Jay was gone. Something had happened and he was gone. I woke up panicking because it felt so real. I prayed and prayed. And the next day I messaged Jay on Facebook. Instead of writing back, he called me. We never talked on the phone, but hearing his voice was so reassuring. It was the best phone call, but it was short. We both had to go. He made me laugh, joking in his fake valley girl voice. Love ya, girl. Bye. (laughs) A few days later, my best friend called me and asked if I was sitting down. She told me Jay had died. It was an accidental death doing what he loved best. I was so shocked. I just said, I don't understand. I just talked to him. I prayed. I begged he would be safe, which she didn't understand what I meant by that at the time. But I later told her about the dream I had and how I was afraid he had died. She's probably the only person who would guess it's me by this story if she heard, because I have never told anyone else that I knew he was going to die. A part of me feels weird about it. I don't think I could have stopped anything from happening. I just think I was shared information due to the nature of how intertwined our friendship and lives were. A moment to prepare, although I was still blindsided. The news was not easy, and I did feel a part of me die with him. I screamed, like you see in the movies, more than one occasion, yelling at the world. I will never, ever understand. After Jay's death, my ex was really mean. He would tell me how he was happy that Jay was dead. He would make comments about how he didn't know why they would be making memorials for him. And if I cried (gasps) or showed pain from losing my friend, he would use that moment to attack him. So I stopped, and I didn't mourn my friend. I didn't want to hear him be trashed. I am so sorry. It's so sad. Jay was a beautiful human who I grew up with, and he didn't deserve so much anger from a stranger. One thing Jay was always good at was judging the boys I dated. He always wanted to make sure they were good enough, and he would always make comments like, you can do better, or I do not like that guy. I would get mad at the time. Repeatedly, after he died, I had visits from him in my dreams. So many times that they seemed real, and I thought him dying was the bad dream, and I was finally waking up. I remember always crying and saying, thank God, I'm so happy it's not real. I'm so glad you're here. And he would always just hug me in response, and I could feel it. No other words were spoken, but he would always tell me, you can do better. After two years of abuse and one year after Jay's death, I finally left the relationship. Once I was free, I no longer had those dream visits from Jay. Sometimes I think he just wanted to make sure that I got out of the relationship. I miss him visiting me, but I also understand. I also like to believe perhaps he is here again in some way. Perhaps his visits are no longer because he's earthside again. He died so young. I just find peace that he's already here living a new life again. I know we were traveling souls and I'm not sure how that works for timelines, but I do believe you just know when they are someone who you're familiar with and that no effort to keep them to you is needed. I've only had this similar feeling with two other people and they're not romantic. They're just my people and I know they will always be with me. I still haven't gone back home. I'm too scared to visit our old haunts without seeing him there. One day I will, like I promised, just not yet. Anyway, if you read this, I will be so embarrassed but excited and very much appreciative. I love your podcast. You're always my number one go-to. And in my Valley Girl voice, love you girls. Bye. Love you girls. Love ya. Well, we love you we and we're so proud yeah. of you for getting out of the relationship that didn't serve you in, in any way. Yeah. And so sad and sorry for your loss of Jay. And then the fact that this ex who just made your mourning so awful and impossible and belittled a man that he didn't know and who was clearly so important to you and in your life. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that Jay. But I am glad. I do. Yeah. was like, you can do better. Totally. Because you can. Yeah. But I mean, clearly Jay was there because of that, right? He was like, I need my friend to be in Mm -hmm. a good spot, in a good position. And I know that she's not. And so he didn't feel comfortable leaving you without knowing that you would be safer, without knowing that you would be okay. Yes. And so sorry that you were robbed of of those moments to grieve when grieving so naturally happens. But it's also so sad. But Jay protected you. And I'm sure even though he might not be showing up in your dreams anymore, you I'm sure his shit, he's he's watching <laughs> <Absolutely>. you now <laughs> to be crude about it. I'm also just really sad. It is one of those things where a premonition like this and the dream that she had before Jay died 
is just impossible mm-hmm. to process. Like she had this dream, woke up, prayed that Jay was okay, and then communicated with Jay and he was okay. So it, right. it's like, oh, it was just a bad dream. And then to find out just a couple days later that he did, he died. Well, that's what's so hard about premonitions is what can you do I to stop no them? Idea. Especially if you don't understand, if there's no messaging about how it's time right. bound, right? Like what if you have a premonition and it comes true 15 yeah. years later? How are you ever supposed to know when something Ugh. happens? You know, like that's the cruel part about it. It's like you learn what's going to happen and you feel so helpless, helpless yeah. in learning that. It reminds me of um, one of my mom's good friends, she, what was it, like 2004 that Thailand had, well, and a lot of that area had mm-hmm. that, the most horrific tsunami mm-hmm. in our recorded history. So many deaths. The day before the tsunami hit, this woman who lives in Vermont woke up in hysterics and could not stop crying. And she's she's just like, I just see so much water, so much water, so many people like <gasps> death, oh, so much gosh. water. Calls her brother, is freaking out because it feels so real. She calls her brother and she's like, something bad is going to happen. I just keep seeing water and I feel so sad. I feel like people are dying. And he's like, it was just a bad dream. Like, shake it. Shake it. You're fine. And then the next day. And the very next day was this tsunami. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, it's like, what are you going to do? What is this person in Vermont going to do? And there's not enough information to be like, hey, this is going to happen. Not enough information. Yeah. And how would she in 2004 or whenever it was alert the five countries basically affect? I mean, well, way more than five countries were affected, but yeah, like, had the most devastation. Uh, like, what do you? Yeah, it's so tough. Nothing you can do. Yeah, Ugh, that's so sad. Premonitions are really. This difficult. is why they are very difficult. If it's about good things, this is why I like the stories okay. that are like, yeah, I saw myself getting my dream job. I I knew I'd be in this. I kept dreaming of this house, and turns out it was the first house I was able Ugh. to buy. You know. Those, those ones are, the good are ones. I love those, yeah. <laughs> but those aren't the ones we chose to read. So <laughs> okay, well, what do you have next? If it's not a all right good so premonition, a wee bit longer. <laughs> There's it's not. I mean, I gave my warning at the top, so yeah. It's just premonitions tend to be a lot darker, especially when it comes to paranormal yeah. stuff or or the things that people write us about. Yes. Okay. Hello. I am a new listener and would like to stay anonymous. I found you guys through the Morbid collab and have been binging your content ever since. I feel like I found Morbid's paranormal counterparts and I'm loving the content you lovely ladies create. You've been in my ear for about a week now nonstop. I really enjoy your encounters episodes and I'm excited to have a space to share a couple of my experiences. My life has been intertwined with experiences that I cannot explain since I can remember. Some of my earliest memories are of premonition-like dreams. I was young in first or second grade, and I developed a fear of fire, almost out of nowhere. For weeks, I suffered from dreams that I was stuck in bed while my home burned down around me. Oh, no. I could feel the heat of the flames, and the fear that I was going to die was so real for me. Oh, my gosh. I communicated the best that I could to my mom, but what could she do? She did her best. We replaced batteries and smoke alarms. We set up evacuation plans in the event of a fire and unplugged electronics before bed every night to try to pacify me, but nothing was working. Nothing stopped my nightmares. Finally, after months of these sleep paralysis-like experiences, I woke up to the sound of sirens. I was so scared. I jumped up to find my mom on our front porch. I don't remember much from that night, but I came to learn that just a couple hours after I had gone to bed, my mom and her boyfriend noticed flames coming from my neighbor's trailer. My mom's boyfriend ran over and wound up helping a woman out of her bedroom window. She was trapped in her bed from the flames. Putting it together, I must have been dreaming from her perspective but was too young to put two and two together. I thought my home was at risk, but really it was the neighbors. If my mom's boyfriend hadn't helped her, she likely would have been really injured or had died. And if they didn't call the fire department, that fire could have taken down the entire trailer park. Almost immediately, the sense of paranoia towards fires went away. And to this day, I have never had that dream again. A couple of months later, I remember waking up in a panic. I know that I had woken up from a nightmare because it felt like my heart was beating out of my body. The only thought I had was that I needed to call my grandma. I woke up my mom. It was around 2 a.m. I was hysterical and begging for the phone to call my grandma. At first, 
She tried to call me and put me back to sleep, but my pleading eventually worked and she let me call her. My grandma answered and was shaken by how upset I was. I tried to explain that I didn't know why I needed to call and check on her, but I did. I asked her to get up and check the house to make sure her doors were locked and to just make sure nothing was out of place. I don't know how I got her to agree, but she did. She had a wired home phone, so she set the phone down and went to go check. I sat, waiting, and after about a minute passed, she came back onto the phone and said, babe, pass the phone to your mom. I'm okay. The house is okay, but let me talk to your mom. Oh my gosh. So I did. Again, I have chills. Again, immediately, the paranoia went away, and I felt like the drowsiness ran straight into (gasps) me. My mom barely took over the phone before I fell to sleep. Wow. The next day, I learned that when my grandma went to check the house, she noticed that one of her gas stove burners was turned on without a flame. (gasps) She was essentially flooding her house with gas. And without my phone call to check on her house, we really don't know how long it would have been before affecting her. Oh, my gosh. This is (sighs) – Okay, there's more. I know, but this is an example of like – how fortunate that the premonition was very, very clear about who it would have impacted. Who to call yes. and to call right now. And then the other, the, the right. fire one, it's like there there was no direct information. There wasn't. Right. Ugh. But I guess because of their paranoia, yeah. at least their parents took a lot of the precautions right. to – like their mom was changing out the batteries and the smoke alarms and doing yeah. all of that sort of stuff. So there was at least action taken. And there's from belief, it. which I, I really appreciate that that there's their belief. experiences yes. are being taken seriously. And clearly this person is very yes, helpful. Very with premonitions. Okay. This is the most recent experience with my feeling of premonitions. Unlike the other ones, this wasn't a dream. It was a very heavy feeling of dread anytime I'd arrived at my house after the sun went down. For some backstory, I live in a small town with a lot of back roads and I live on a dirt road that used to be a wash. Our house is sandwiched between a home that was owned and rented out by my husband's aunt and an elderly couple whose family had lived in that house for generations. All of this to say, I felt safe. Not to mention we bought this home for my in-laws. It was a home that my husband grew up in, so we felt like we knew the place in the surrounding area like the back of our hands. With my guard down, I'd rarely lock my doors and didn't feel anything towards that in the first five years that we lived there. Yes, I know, this is dumb. But after a couple years of safety, my husband's aunt rented out her house to a sketchy dude. He was some cousin distantly related to my husband's family that had just gotten out of jail due to drug dealing and needed some help getting on his feet. The day he moved in was the day that I started having a knot in my stomach anytime I'd show up to my house after dark. Mm. I had an overwhelming feeling that there would be intruders when I went inside. And because of my habit of not locking my doors, it was a 50-50 shot of these intruders having easy access. The feeling was so strong, I'd do things like call my mom to go inside with me and make sure that it was clear, or I'd have 911 dialed before going inside on nights that I knew I had forgotten to lock the door. uh, To do that going into your own home is terrifying. Yes. And so, yeah. (gasps) Well, I'm glad, though, because you're not supposed to ignore your feelings. And clearly, these feelings and the premonitions from childhood all came very real. So trust your gut. Absolutely. Yes. After about six months of this feeling, we woke up to five or six police SUVs going by and parking in our yard and our neighbor's yard. We looked out our window and saw that they had guns drawn towards this cousin's house and were talking over loudspeakers. This standoff lasted close to three hours before an ambulance arrived and our neighborhood went quiet again. We learned the next day through my husband's aunt that someone broke into the house that she owned and stabbed (gasps) my husband's cousin. He didn't die, but he was hospitalized for a couple of days. The person who broke in said that he was owed money and drugs. He confessed to only knowing the street that his dealer lived on and went through the neighborhood checking for open windows on every house on our street until he got to my husband's cousin house where the window was unlocked. (gasps) Very lucky that night our home was locked up. Very unlucky that this guy found who he was looking for and then tried killing him. My husband's cousin went back to jail for manufacturing drugs and since that incident I no longer feel dread when entering my home. Although I always lock my doors now. Get good. On a side note, (laughs) yes. Well actually to to have a side tangent for a second. There's this new, I was telling you about it the other day. There's this new show called The Parent Test where they have a bunch of couples and single parents who have very distinct parenting yeah. styles and like put them through a variety of tests and basically are like the point of the show is to find an ide- the most ideal parenting style for raising a kid in the current world. But there's this one parenting style on there um, that's called, oh gosh, what is it? It's Oh, natural parenting hmm. style where they basically live in the middle of nowhere. Like they're not, you're really a dream. Lock their doors like the kids 
roam around. Yeah, they're like on acres and acres. Like they're no one's yeah. around. And they were basically talking about like they had never really had the conversation of stranger in danger with their kids because they don't need there to. There is no they, stranger. They actively chose. There's no people. Yes. And the child psychologist that's on the show was like, statistically, these things happen more frequently in rural yeah. communities. So it's happening in the quiet town. It's more likely to happen mm. in the quiet town. Less eyes, less fewer witnesses. I mean, that's like every horror access. movie too. It's like the isolated mm-hmm. cabin in the woods. Yeah. But again, this is another... You can get away with more. More opportunities. This story is another example of how the dread that they were feeling was associated to someone next to, like next door rather than yeah to them specifically right but but had they not had that feeling right. their house might have been unlocked right. and yes. cuz he was that guy was just looking for an open door to any house really yep. yeah on a side note 2 months after this happened an FBI agent knocked on my door and asked asked if i was aware that there was a woman and her young daughter missing the detective didn't give me much information, but my husband's cousin had been dating this woman and she went missing right before his arrest and hadn't been seen since. I have no more information, but way more was going on next door than we were oh, aware sad. of. sad. This last story is heartwarming. Okay. okay. We have, we have a heartwarming one to end on here. My first job out of high school was housekeeping and serving at a retirement home. We had weird split shifts where we'd come in the morning to do housekeeping of residence apartments, and then we would serve a fine dining lunch during lunch hours. We had a resident named John, and he looked like he walked straight out of up, attitude and all. (laughs) He was the grumpiest man alive, and he would always order a turkey sandwich with no lettuce and extra mustard. And then every time you brought it out, he'd be angry that it had no lettuce. (laughs) (laughs) He always sat alone and he didn't participate in group activities. Everyone hated waiting on him because of this game and his snarky remarks. But when I got stuck with it as a new kid, I'd get lettuce on the side on a separate plate. And when I set the sandwich down and he complained, I would immediately pull out the second plate of lettuce and apologize. He liked it. And from that moment on, always requested me and we formed a bond. On a side note, working at a retirement home while you're more open and vulnerable to the other side is so exhausting sure every day going into work and being briefed on who passed whose family was in town anticipating passing whose remembrance party was being planned and who was being moved in to replace whoever was no longer here the constant carousel of souls coming and going started taking a toll on me about six months into the job i decided to give my two weeks i couldn't handle the visitation of residents in my dreams anymore and constantly being worried when I went to go clean an apartment, but no one came to the door. I told John I was going to quit, and he said he was disappointed because he looked forward to our daily conversations and seeing me at lunch. So I told him that I would come have lunch with him until I found another job. Oh, that's so sweet. So sweet. That seemed to make my leaving easier. For about a month, I had the pleasure of learning that John was retired military who unfortunately got exposed to Agent Orange during the Vietnam War. He had battled skin cancer Mm. and was recommended to live in a warm, dry climate, which landed him where I am from in Arizona. His family, two sons, lived in Chicago, and they only visited twice a year. So sad. And he was widowed. He was a really sweet man who just had walls built up. It has to be hard to not be fully independent after the life that he had lived. Fast forward a bit, and I was excited to share with John that I had finally found another job on my last visit with him, and he seemed happy for me. Then he leaned over, and he told me, since I won't see you every day anymore, I want to give you this. He placed a walnut in a shell on the table. I was confused and said, oh, I'm allergic. He laughed and said, it isn't to eat. It's to carry in your pocket. I've carried this nut in my pocket for five years, and it's given me health and wisdom. I want you to have it as good luck on your next job. I choked back tears and primed I'd carry it with me. It was a very sweet gesture. So sweet. Even though I didn't understand, I appreciated it. And here's the paranormal part. Two days later, I was getting ready to leave for work and I opened my front door to a small pile of walnuts on my front porch. What? I was taken aback because up until John had given me this, I hadn't seen walnuts still in the shell where I had lived. Before I could process how this pile got there, I got a phone call from a prior coworker. John had passed away the night before. And she wanted to let me know because she knew that we had been close. Wow. I immediately cried and knew that the pile of nuts was a sign from John that he had passed on. I still carry his walnut in my purse and I think of him. Oh Oh my God. That is so sad. Is this heartwarming or is this rip out your heart and stomp on it and then make you eat it because it's so sad? 
I guess the the heartwarming, beautifully sad. Yeah, that's. I, I feel like the heartwarming part is that John and our listener formed such a beautiful bond that John yeah. needed to leave this behind for them as a hey, thank you for your time with me. I'm sad to leave you, mm-hmm. but I'm always here and I'm always a part of your life in a way. Yeah. Oh, oh and this is just such a reminder of just retirement homes and, and just people like in general in hospitals. You don't know people's backstories and there's so much pain and discomfort and confusion. And it's just hard to transition into different phases yeah. of life. And so it does hurt my heart that everyone thought that he was this cranky, miserable man and everyone tried to avoid him and he didn't get to participate in anything because he wasn't connecting yeah. with anyone. And it just took someone not immediately giving up on him for his walls to come down, Yeah, you know? And that is hard, like going into a retirement home and losing your independence and not having your family, not having your friends and being in a new place. It would be isolating already. And I would put walls up. Like I feel like when you move to a new place alone, like you're nervous and don't know how to. It's super uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right. Wow. Well, our listener very clearly has learned to listen to their gut. And while it's not always easy to understand what a premonition means, If there's some indication, whether it be about, you know, someone breaking into your home or something happening to your relatives, it's always just good to take precautions and let people know, even if it's weird. I know sometimes it's like if it's a stranger, that's hard. But if it is a loved one, it doesn't hurt to say, hey, I had this weird feeling. Right. Yeah, just to say, here's here's what I felt. Here was my premonition. Just be a little bit more alert. I could be being paranoid, but yeah. I'd rather you you think that this is silly and strange than regret not telling you. Yeah, agreed. Okay, I have an email to end us on, and it is called Alien or Angel? Being that shows with change. Ooh, Leia's yelling. At who? Ghosts? <laughs> I don't know. Lay? I don't know. Okay. It is from our listener, Catherine. My name is Catherine, and wow, I love your podcast. I found it a little over a month ago, and I have been binging almost nonstop ever since. Thank you for what you do and for the safe space you bring. Okay, I write today because of a sighting I've had three times in my life. I don't know if it helps, but I had a traumatic head injury at two and a half years old, almost on the middle of my forehead, and I think it permanently left something open. I'm perfectly okay for the most part. LOL. The third eye just permanently open. open. I have seen orbs since childhood and have always been able to really hone in on people's emotions to a scary degree and have always been able to see auras. I have a theory that it's a type of synesthesia just in regards to emotion and base intentions of people. Trust me when I say this thing that I've seen three times in my life was not and was never human. It appears when I expect big change in my life, only at night, and no, not the witching hour. It tends to show around midnight to one in the morning. It is bright silver and white and has 3D pointy head with things like wings that stick out from where the neck should be to a long, narrow, geometric body. And there's a picture that Catherine drew, which I'll show in a minute, but it offers no feeling of color and all I can feel from it is that it was never human. This shape would be something compared to angelic, except I don't believe in angels in the traditional sense, and it didn't offer more than a feeling aside from never having been human. The first time it appeared, it appeared with two orbs. One was blue, one was orange. I had been visiting a friend in SD, and we had gone to the Borrego Springs that day, and I believe I picked up orbs in the desert. But otherwise, I couldn't explain it at all. It was larger than the orbs, which I could pick up their emotions. Both were excited and happy and worried about something, but nothing came from the bright void. Also, it was so bright that when I turned on the light, it shone through the light in the night and brought more brightness to the orbs. So I just had to go to sleep being watched over. It's interesting that this is so visible and stays there while Catherine turns the light on. Yeah, it's it's confident. It's daring, yeah. right? It's not like a typical spirit interaction where it just disappears upon yeah. you seeing it. I talked to the person whose house it was, and she got so excited and said she'd only ever seen that being when good things were about to happen. <gasps> and she agreed. Another witness. Yeah. She agreed that it never has ever been human, that there is something else to it. 
My opinion has since changed mm. from good things to more big change because good things don't always follow when I see the spirit or thing. The first time it appeared, I found out a few months later that I was pregnant with my first, who I later lost due to really bad, not livable genetic complications, which was a hard thing for me to move past. But things are good now. I saw lots of premonitions through that pregnancy, one of which was that soul coming back to me when I was spinning my older child around by the arms on the deck in the back. I was awake when that vision hit me and found out a few weeks later that that pregnancy wasn't viable. What's more is that before I found out the pregnancy wasn't viable, I kept crying to my husband and told him things were not right and that there was a heart complication. And I knew all this the night before the bad appointment. <gasps> he was baffled oh. when the doctor gave the news that I knew was coming. The second time I saw wow. the spirit, it came alone. In my bedroom, my husband slept through the entire thing. And again, it was just a void. I felt comforted to see it this time even though it emitted no feeling. Each time it stayed in a fixed space in the room. It didn't move around. It just appeared and watched over me. This time it was right next to my ceiling, just like before, but at the end of my bed. I had found weeks before that I was pregnant and this pregnancy went way more than fine. I'm pregnant again and yet again this being showed up. This time it was only half as bright when it showed itself and it wasn't more than half a minute instead of fully watching me until I fell asleep. I wonder if I'll see it again or if there's nothing to be concerned about. All I know is that big changes are coming. I didn't know if you've ever heard of anything like this before. I was hoping to hear something, but so far, and I'm almost through every episode, I've not come across anything like it except for that one other friend who lived in that house who had seen it before. So what are your thoughts, your opinions? One friend suggested astral travel, but I was always awake and I've never astral traveled. So I don't really agree with that. I'm also spiritual, but not religious. My grandmother watching over me is more angelic, and this being, I can't explain. Can you? I have a sketch of the first time I saw it with the orbs. This one stumps me. Hope you two are well. May positive beings surround you both. See you on the other side, Catherine. And there's a P.S. P.S. My mom had a vision of me when she was pregnant with me, throwing a fit when I was six years old, screaming, I am a Catherine. And that's how I got my name. And later on, that vision came true. I had told a friend in the neighborhood... <laughs> I had told a friend in the neighborhood that I wanted to be renamed Sabrina. And by the way, I still hold a special place in my heart for your name. And later on realized, nope, I am a Catherine. That's so fascinating, which makes me think, was her were Catherine's parents going to name her Sabrina? But then in this dream and vision, the daughter's like her saying, I'm a Catherine. If that yes. made them change what they were going to name her. A glimpse into the yeah. future. Right. And then it's like. Well, what caused what? Was it an actual glimpse into the future that for like not forced them, but like led them to name her Catherine? I don't know. Or is she ca did that come true? That vision come true because she was named Catherine, so she did have a moment to say, "I'm a Catherine." It's so weird. What it's time? I know. Okay, do you want to see the picture, the drawing of this being? Mm -hmm. We'll post. We'll put it in the um, YouTube video too, so you can actually see it clearly. Oh, it's so. It does look angelic in the way that it's got wings it and it actually kind of reminds me of what i saw that i explained in episode 210 in my postural therapy my holistic experience mm -hmm. like it was like a white it's image that didn't really feel human right which is i don't know i'm i'm kind of at a loss too for what this is but my my initial thought, because it has showed up so many times when Catherine has been pregnant mm -hmm. and because there were two orbs next to it, it does make me wonder if this is sort of like a – Oh. Some sort of angelic being escorting souls to potentially right. live in the baby that Catherine is creating. And there were two of them. So, so – And now, the unfortunately, Catherine's first pregnancy was not viable, but then – she had a child after that and now is pregnant again. So maybe the two orbs were the spirits of the two children that Catherine will have. So maybe the last time when the, the this being just was there for only a moment, it was because they were just checking in to make sure that this last soul that they're in charge of carrying to earth is secure and safe. And they're like, oh, everything's good. All right, I'm out. It's just like a little baby delivery. 
It's a baby delivery service. That's so it's just when you're Catherine and you're able to see and you're powerful and open, you you watch it happen. But the only interesting thing is, okay, so I'm curious, Catherine, your friend who also saw this spirit, the one that you had stayed at their house, what happened to that friend after they saw it? Because the friend said it comes before good things. Was that also child related? I'm curious. Right. Yeah, which is, that's interesting because it's not like this specific thing was assigned to Catherine and to these two orb souls, right? Yeah. I thought that it was, but the fact that it also served her friend or appeared to her friend, maybe, I I don't know. I know. I'm confused. Well, we'll have to follow up and ask for more information. I, I will say the nice thing is, or the interesting thing from my perspective is, Often we hear about shadows that are darker than dark, but this is a being Mm -hmm. that is lighter than light. Lighter than light. Which I Mm -hmm. think is, I mean, rare. We don't hear about that and fascinating. Um, But yeah, so I I don't have an answer and I'm sorry, Catherine, but I'm curious. It also makes me wonder if this being is one being that just can be everywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, like it is everything like it is the source and so people a lot of people might see the same thing but it does everything and it can like split itself Mm. and splinter itself it's like santa claus (laughs) yeah i don't know we'll have to find out more and um get information about what Catherine's friend experienced yeah and if anyone else has had an experience like this or, or knows what this entity is please email us or if you had any experience whatsoever please email us Send your emails to two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. We look forward to reading them and sharing them with the rest of you. Mm-hmm. Please rate and review us wherever you listen iTunes, yeah. Spotify, wherever. Yeah. Tell everybody about us. Mm-hmm. That would be helpful. Triangle. And follow us on social media. We have merchandise. If you go to our website, two girls one ghost.com, you can also subscribe to our like newsletter mailing yeah. list, uh, which Basically means when we have big news, we'll email you. <laughs> Which we hope to have at some point in our lives. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully we get to go on tour yes, again. That is, that's our that's, that's our hope for this year. So thank you all for listening. Thank you to our team at Fire Digital for editing the episode. And we love you all. And we will see you on the other, other side. side. Very smooth. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.